God of glory, we want to exalt you for who you are. We thank you because you are loving, you are wonderful, you are excellent, you are good. The I am that I am. But all things, even before the foundation of the world, and you call us to walk into that which you've perfected. Thank you, Jesus. You're bringing us to the place of total victory in all of that which you have ordained from the foundation of the world. I will believe, Holy Spirit, that as we keep on connecting to you, we'll come to that place of perfection and fulfillment in life. I believe, Holy Spirit of God, that everyone, God of glory, hearing the sound of my voice this morning, is coming to the place where great God of glory can overrule every law in life in the name of Jesus Christ. That God's fruitfulness will be the portion of those people. Thank you, precious Father, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I just want to share this with all this morning. I call this grace overrules the law. Grace overrules the law. Now, I don't want you to tie these dolls to the laws of Moses. That is also a law. Amen. And by the law, I mean any law that is contrary to your well-being and salvation. Hallelujah. Any law that is contrary to your well-being and your salvation, grace will overrule it. I mean any law that seeks to oppress you in any manner, any system, any, any law, any that seeks to oppress you, grace shall overrule it. Any law that wants to count on your errors in life so as to oppress you or deprive you, grace shall overrule it. Any overflow from your community, from your parents, from your background to overrule your life and surcharge you in such a manner that you can assess life, grace shall overrule it. Thank you, you responded to that because I was really praying. Amen? Now, I want to read in something very simple. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. Grace overrules the law. There is no law in creation that grace cannot overrule. There is no power at work in creation that grace cannot subdue. Jesus came by grace and truth. Hallelujah. Matthew 12. I'm reading from verse 9. And when he was departed thence, he went into the synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, is it lawful? Another was saying, is it legal to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, what man, I want you to follow this, what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep and he fall into a pit on the Sabbath day? Will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much more then is a man better than a sheep? 
Wherefore it is to do well on the Sabbath days. Then said he to the man, Stretch forth thy hand, and he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole, like unto the order. Hallelujah. I want you to capture this story here. Jesus went to the synagogue, and here was a man that was kind of crippled, as the case may be. He had an issue. Okay. And then the law says, you can't do anything on the Sabbath day. By implication, the law values religion more than a human being. Hallelujah. So to me, the law was oppressing this man. Are you there with me? He was being oppressed by the law. And not just that, men capitalize on the law to oppress the man. Religion will always oppress you. Are you still there with me? But Jesus will find you. So every crippled situation in your life, the Lord will strengthen. Now, there is something you need to understand again from here. He gave a parable of the sheep as compared to. Now, the law actually allowed that you lift out the sheep or else he could die before the next day. But religion values an animal more than a man. Hallelujah. We need to cut the perspective of this story so that you can understand what I'm saying today. That there is a place for grace above religion, above the law. Whatever law it is, whether it is a natural law, whether it's a traditional law, whether it's a religious law, there is a place for grace that overrules the law. Hallelujah. Now, watch this. <coughs> Sorry. The animal that fell into the pit could be by the error of the animal. Are you there with me? <laughs> the animal fell into the pit, yes. The animal was foolish. But grace overrules foolishness. Are you still there with me? <laughs> the sheep, yes, wandered out of where it was supposed to be. But that did not stop the shepherd from seeking after the sheep. You are not lost. Thank you very much. Wherever you are, Wherever you seem to have found yourself because of foolishness, grace will overrule your foolishness. He's still looking for you and he's going to find you. Are you there with me? I want you to picture the life of this sheep. Stupid thing. Went out of the way. Fell into a ditch. Hallelujah. 
The sheep does nothing to require an assistance from the shepherd. What does the sheep have to be able to get lifted out of the pit? Connection. The shepherd had a relationship with the sheep. That's all. Not what the sheep. The best the sheep will ever do is to keep crying right there in the pit. But the sheep has nothing to do to be able to come out. Neither is there going to be anything the sheep is going to do to speak to the shepherd to be able to come and pick it out. The only thing the sheep needs to have in life is what? Relationship. He has an owner and that's all. So no matter how stupid it is, no matter the pit is falling into, the owner is concerned. Are you still there with me? God is more concerned about you than you are concerned about yourself. And there is no pit you are today that God will not lift you up from. No pit. Hallelujah. Grace is overruling what? The law. All you need is a relationship with the owner. That's all the sheep needs. Just one simple relationship. Let me tell you something. There is no sickness, no terminal sickness. There is no disease, there is no law. There is nothing in creation that can oppress you perpetually and permanently where the good shepherd himself is supposed to be watching. Practically impossible. So you are going to be saved from every situation you find yourself. Hallelujah. No matter the pit, no matter even if it is men that dug the pit for you, you're going to come out of it. Amen? Because you have a relationship with the good shepherd. Not just the shepherd, the good one. Number four. Okay, number three. The sheep protection comes from the father. It belongs to the man. Is that okay? The protection of the sheep is directly connected to the fact that it belongs to the man that owns the sheep. That is all the sheep can ever boast of. Meaning, anytime the sheep wanders away or fall into something because it's fully because of error, the shepherd is still going to be there to look for it. And that is grace. Hallelujah. Grace is overruling the law. Grace is overruling your foolishness. Grace is overruling every traditional law that was supposed to work against your well-being. Grace is going to overrule that. Hallelujah. Number four. The love of the owner and the pains he could feel overrides the law and the foolishness of the sheep for wandering away. of the owner of the sheep and the pains the owner will feel for the sheep being in the pit overrides the law and the foolishness of the sheep. You know the Bible says precious in the sight of the law is the death of his saints. Another translation will say it's a painful thing for a saint to die in the sight of God. Agree the sheep of foolish has gone into some situations. The pains that the shepherd himself will feel. Hallelujah. 
And the love that he has for the sheep overrides every law that will have made it impossible for that sheep to be saved. Are you there with me? Meaning, God is not unmindful of your situation right now. You may be passing through some difficult times, difficult season, terrible times. I want to let you know that every pain you are feeling, the good shepherd is feeling the same pains. Are you still there with me? And sooner than later, you least expect that. Because number one, grace works where you least expect. The sheep may not even have any altar of thinking that the shepherd was going to come and lift it out. Couple with the fact again that the day they wandered away was a religious day. It means to the sheep it was already a trap situation. It can't come out until the next day. But let me tell you something this day. God is coming for you. And you're not going to wait too long. Hallelujah. So the love of the owner and the pains he could feel about the sheep not falling into that pit overrules every law, every religious order, every tradition. Let me tell you something. There is no law in creation, whether from your family or community, that is going to rob you of your life as long as you are a sheep of the Lord. You may have fallen into this pit because of your ignorance. You may have fallen into this situation because of one thing or the other. Your errors notwithstanding, God is going to get you out. Praise the Lord God. Let me say this. David fought the deer and the lion just to protect and rescue a sheep. How many of you remember that? Now, what did the sheep do? Can you imagine that? David, the shepherd, had to fight a lion, had to fight a deer, just to rescue and protect that he has. And Jesus has a question. Can you compare the value of a man to that of a sheep? So if David can risk his life for the sheep, why do you think God can risk his life for you? Not because of what you've done, but because you have a relationship with him. Praise the living God. Are you catching this? It's so easy. We need to understand the God we are serving. We need to know why we serve the God we are serving. What he can do and what he has determined to do. How can David risk his life? What is a sheep? He's not talking of the whole lot. One sheep. That a deer came to pick. Well, if it does that one, no problem. You can just circulate that one. I cannot. But here was a shepherd boy risking his life for one sheep. In the hands of a lion, in the hands of a deer. I challenge your thinking today. Which devil is that big that wants to come and grab you and go? Go talk to me. If David can risk his life for one sheep, where is that devil? Where is that traditional altar in your community? Now talk to me. That God will not be angry with. That God doesn't want to pull you out from. All you need is a relationship. 
Just know that you have a father. Hallelujah. Are you sitting there with me? <laughs> Just let him lead you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth me before the still waters. Amen. Just let him lead you. Even in the course of leading you, wander and fall into the sheep, he's going to come look for you and pick you out there. All that belongs to him will lost none. No sheep will be missing. Except it was not a sheep in the first place. Are you sitting there with me? My God is a loving God. The one I serve is a God of grace. Are you sitting there with me? No matter where I'm going to fall into, it's going to pick me out. It will not only pick me out, it will clean me out. Are you sitting there with me? That is the God that I serve. By strength shall no man prevail. Are you still there? Praise the living God. So David considered the sheep to be innocent in his sight. Therefore, we will not allow the deer and the lion to destroy the sheep. Are you still there? <laughs> you know why David has to risk his life? It doesn't matter if the sheep wandered away from among the other ones. But to David, this is an innocent animal that the liar wants to consume. With me? Therefore, he will risk his life to rescue the sheep. He saw this sheep to be an innocent sheep that the liar wants to oppress, that the deer wants to oppress. And as the shepherd, he will not take that. Are you sitting there with me? Even so, God will not allow you as long as you keep a relationship with him and for your being justified for Christ's sake to be destroyed by any devil. How many of you understand that you are justified in Christ? That means you are innocent. The sheep that the lion wants to kill, as far as David is concerned, is an innocent sheep. Innocent. It doesn't commit any crime. In Christ, you have committed no crime. Therefore, no devil is permitted to kill you. No wish is permitted to kill you. Because for God, you are innocent. Glory to God. Are you capturing what I'm talking this morning? Because in Christ, you are justified. So when the devil attack you, God comes up and says, you can't do this to an innocent boy. Are you still there? And God, the devil will say, but you don't understand. God will say, I do understand. Every record against him was blotted out when Christ died. So he's an innocent child. You can do it. So let it be the war from your community. They're not going to succeed. Let it be the plan of people around you. They're not going to succeed. Because to God, you are innocent. You hear people say, how can you kill an innocent man? Have you heard that before? By reason of the sacrifice of Jesus, you are what? Innocent. Grace is overruling the law. Grace is overruling the errors you have committed. Wherever it is, 
That's why you must enjoy your freedom in Christ. Praise the Lord. Listen, sometimes people say your name is called in the covenant. Well, beautiful because you are important. Hallelujah. Only those who are important will have their name mentioned where matters have been discussed. Am I right? And somebody say, Pastor, where can you prove that from the scripture? You can turn to the book of Acts and you read for yourself much later. When the seven sons of Sceva, are you still there with me? Wanted to deliver somebody. The demons in them cried out. Jesus I know. Paul I know. Where is your name mentioned? In the realm of the negative supernatural. But they know him there. So you say they make sure a name in the witch cover because we are important. Where do you think they ought to know you? That is where they should know you. Are you sitting there with me? But they know your name but with fear and dread. Because there is something backing up your name. Jesus I know. Paul I know. Glory to God. You know what the devil tried to do? He said, look, I can see Paul sitting together with Christ in the heavenly places. And that is where you are sitting. That is where the devil know you are there. He was telling his son of Skiba, say, listen, come, come, come. Stop playing games here. We know those sitting together with Christ. Paul is sitting there. We know where Jesus is sitting. You are not there. The devil knows where you are sitting. So why do you call your name in the covenant? Because they know where you are sitting. Are you sitting there with me? Why are you afraid? You have no cause to be afraid. You serve the good shepherd. Deliver the sheep from the mouth of the deer and the mouth of the lion. Praise the living God. You need to have faith in the God you are serving, man. Stop being a weakling. Stop being somebody that can be tossed to and fro. All because you don't know the one you are serving. My God is a great God. It's not only a great God, it's a good shepherd who will not allow the sheep to be taken away by the deer or the lion. Hey, hallelujah. Now, listen to this. David fought Goliath. How many of you remember that? Did he fight Goliath because he fought Goliath because of the house of Israel? It was not a community affair. It was a natural affair. The defense was national, not family. Are you still there with me? When Jesus went on the cross, it was not because of the house of David, not the house of Joseph. He was on a national assignment. The whole household of faith is free from the tactics and the destructive power of the devil. Because if David called a Goliath for Israel, Jesus destroyed the devil for the church. Did you get this? Somebody once said, but David, you keep on saying this. Why is the devil still doing what he's doing in the church? Because the church gives the devil a foothold. You don't believe the testimony. You don't believe the report. Scripture says, who can believe our report? You don't believe the report. Hallelujah. That is why the devil is still having a struggle in the church because the church cannot believe the report of God. 
In fact, we give the devil a stronghold by proclaiming his powers every day in our church services. We describe how the devil walks. We describe how the devil moves. And the people know more about the devil than they know about God. And what you know will work for you. Are you still there with me? Paul said, I desire to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. We're proclaiming the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. We're proclaiming the power of the cross. We're proclaiming the power and the blood of Jesus. Defeated the stupid thing 2,000 plus years ago. Hallelujah. Are you there? So if David destroyed Goliath for Israel, Jesus destroyed the devil for the church. And there was never a time we are told again that Goliath resurrected to fight Israel. Why do we resurrect the devil in the church? Hallelujah. We use all kinds of schemes and games and resurrect the devil in church. We resurrect him in our mind. Somebody say, how can that be? Oh, come on. Where are you supposed to have Christ? In your mind. In your heart. Confession by your mouth. Am I right? And then you are saved. He said, if you can believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Am I right? So how are you going to get Jesus resurrected? In your heart. He said, let him not say, let him go up, or we shall go up and bring him, or we shall go down and bring him up. But the word is nice, the evil in thy mouth. So, if you can make Jesus walk by a confession, what do you think you do with the devil? You make the devil walk by a confession. So we resurrect the devil, even after I've been destroyed. Are you still there with me? Turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 52. Isaiah 52, are you there with me? I'm reading from verse 1. Awake! Awake! Put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. The holy city. For henceforth, they shall no more come into thee, the uncircumcised and the unclean. Can I hear amen to that? Shake yourself from the dust. Arise and sit down. When you sit down, you are ruling. Are you sitting there with me? Shake yourself from the dust. What dust? Shake yourself from money situation. Shake yourself from being sorrowful all the time. Shake yourself from being, you know... Don't ever see life treating you bad in any way. Jesus is alive, people. Shake yourself. Are you sitting there with me? Say, awake. Many you were sleeping. Many you were slumbering. Get your senses back. Shake yourself from the dust. Now, you know what? The dust is a symbol of morning, sure. But above, the dust is a serpent food. Are you still there? When Adam was caused, 
The serpent was caused in the garden. The Bible said, doors shall be your food. Amen? So if you are in the doors, automatically you become food for the serpents. So shake yourself from the doors. Get out of the state by which the devil mess you up all the time. Put on your whole garment, the Bible says. Oh, Jerusalem, lose thyself from the bounds of thy neck. Oh, captive daughter of Zion, meaning God's children in captivity. But break the chains from your neck. As you come to realization. Are you sitting there with me? You know what it means to be a captive? You know what it means to have something on the band of the neck? How many of you have read before about slave trade? Okay, so they chain them from the neck one to the other. That's a symbol of slavery. Now the Bible says, you daughter of Zion, get out of slavery. Don't be slave to any system. Don't be slave to any law. Don't be slave to any man. Don't be slave to any tradition. Wake up. Hallelujah. Break the bounds out of your neck. Be free. Verse 3. For thus said the Lord, you have sold yourself for naught and you shall that money. Can I hear an amen to that? You don't pay no price to get redemption. You went away by simply believing. You pay no price, you went into slavery. You are also coming out of slavery without the price being paid because somebody paid the price. I remember a brother once ministering to me and said he went to service and somebody said they should pay some money for, for their sins or something like that. Stupid. You can pay no money for your sins, man. You are going to be redeemed without money. It's grace. You don't pay no price for your redemption. Will, tell me, will the sheep in the pit go to pay the price before the shepherd pick it out of the pit? What kind of doctrine is this? Only people who don't know who they are are the people that are fooled by the church system. Are you still there with me? So they ask you to do all manner of things to be able to get salvation. All manner of things to be able to get redemption. Oh, come on, you need to pay this for the traditional father's right not to hold on to nonsense. You sold yourself for not, and you're going to be redeemed without money. All you need to do is just simply world believe. I'm not there, I'm not there, that's all. Don't belong there, I don't belong there. Hallelujah. By your mouth, salvation is made. Confession is made unto what? Unto salvation. You don't need anything to get saved. You are saved by grace. Not of work, lest any man should boast. So if you sold yourself for nothing, if you go into sin, you go into slavery, you go into thing, I'm announcing you don't need to pay any price to go redemption. You are saved. So shake yourself from the dust. Get out of that slave mentality. Are you still there with me? Verse number four. For thus said the Lord God, my people went down after time into, into Egypt to sojourn there and their children to praise them without cause. You know what he's saying? God's heart is still after his people. Even when they went to Egypt, 
the Egyptians oppressed them. The Assyrians took them to captivity. God is jealous. Hallelujah. Look at the next thing. Now therefore, what have I here? Say the Lord, that my people is taken away for naught. They that rule over them, make them to howl, to cry. Say the Lord. And my name continually everywhere is blasphemed. Don't you see that? You know the word, as long as you are in captivity, as long as you are in bondage, God's name is being ridiculed. You think you are more concerned than God is concerned about you? Every bondage you find yourself today, God's name is being ridiculed. Did you get that? This is why he's looking for you. Because you bear his name, he will trace you wherever you are and pick you out of your peace. Glory to God. So what is there for me? My name continually everywhere, every day has been blasphemed. Therefore my people shall know my name. Therefore they shall know in that day that I am he that does speak. Behold, it is I. Hallelujah. You see, God is boasting on your behalf. Enough of the oppressions in your life. And he said, listen, very soon people we know. And God is saying the same thing to you this morning. Very soon people we know. They will hear that the God of Jacob have arisen because of you. Are you still there? He will promise never to sleep because of Zion is really at work. Because his name is being blasphemed every day. Can you, can you picture Christians the way we live and the kind of things we go through and the way people... People even ask Christians, are you still serving God? Why not you try something else? Have you, haven't you heard things like that? What is the implication of that? God is not strong enough to defend you. God is not strong enough. Why not you try the herbalist? Why not you try the traditional worshiper? Men ask questions, but God is grieved in his heart. And for your sake, it will arise. Are you sitting there with me? Not because of anything you can do or you have done. God is grieved. God is pained. Because of what people say about you. Your condition now is embarrassing to God. And he will do something about it. Hallelujah. Look at the next in verse number 7. Scripture says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of things that bring glad tidings. That publisheth peace. That bringeth good tidings of good. That publisheth salvation. That said unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. And that is what I have for you this morning. Your God is alive. And that is the good news. He said, how beautiful are the feet of those who can move to Zion and tell them, your God is alive. That's what I'm telling you this morning. No matter the situation God reigns, no matter how your predicament is right now, God is at work on your behalf. No matter the depth of the pit you are falling into, He's going to get you out without money. In the name of Jesus Christ. That is the God we serve. Are you still there? Say how beautiful are the feet of them that preach good tidings. That declare unto Zion, your God reigneth. No other God but you. God reigns. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? So put on that garment. Stop mourning. Stop being in sorrow. Wake up and rejoice, knowing that your God reigns, and he reigns forevermore. He is coming after you, and he's coming for you. 
Not for judgment, but for salvation. From that pit that you are, he wants to bring you out. From that predicament you are, the God that reigns wants to bring you out. Stand up and let's pray. I want you to begin to talk to the Father. I want you to begin to talk to the Father because our God reigns. Grace is overruling the law. Grace is overruling your weakness. Grace overruling every foolishness in your life. Grace is ruling. Begin to talk to God. 